disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. One of my favorite people on the podcast. He's probably the guest that comes on most frequently, um, but we love him. We love him to death. He is, I think, one of the most stalwart protectors and defenders of liberty that there is. Uh, and it's my friend, Congressman Thomas Massey. I wanted to have him on because there's a lot of stuff that's been going on in the news recently. Uh, there's been a couple of really big Supreme Court rulings. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that? Um, one of them that was overshadowed a bit. It was big news when it happened, but then the next day got overshadowed by the Roe versus Wade decision. But that was the decision on the Second Amendment. And it takes away the fact that uh, there's seven states in America that have what they call may issue rules on concealed carry. Um, that is an egregious violation of your right to carry a firearm. And it basically turns over the value of your life to some government official. And that is ridiculous. And the Supreme Court ruled correctly that fact ridiculous. Um, so we're going to talk to Massey about that. We're also going to talk to him about the Roe versus Wade decision, which was a big decision. And. Massey was right. He was right when he confronted Trump and the Republicans on this. And he's been right when he's confronted the Democrats on this all along. And that is the debt of America is disempowering to the American people. And it is dangerous to the security of the future of our nation. And he wishes some people would admit that he was right because now they're finally starting to figure it out. But anyway, we're going to talk about all of these issues with my good friend, Congressman Thomas Massey, in just a second. All right, but first, a word from our sponsor, Louisville Cabinet Countertops. We could not do this without my buddy Tim Montgomery and Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Guys, I don't just talk about these guys because, you know, they're a sponsor of the show. I talk about them because I believe in them. And you've known me for a long time to know that I don't talk about businesses I don't truly believe in. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops, you know, if you're worried about supply chain crisis, they don't have that problem. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or you know what the dimensions are or you have a contractor or you're a contractor, hey, they got cabinets in stock, high quality, super great styles, and very affordable. But if you want your dream kitchen you just want to walk away and let their designers come and help you with it, they can do that. They've got three designers on staff, 6200 Hit Lane in Louisville, right on the border of Oldham County and Louisville. If you're in southern Indiana, Louisville, or uh, Central Kentucky or Louisville area or Oldham County, man, this is your place. They did our kitchen, and I'm confident, confident that they're the reason, part of the reason why our house sold in less than a day when we sold our house in Oldham County. They also did our master bathroom because they did such a good job in our kitchen. We wanted them to do more. So uh, you can choose any type of countertop, too, by the way. They've got everything from quartz to granite to other types of uh, hard surface to laminate, whatever it is you're looking for. Butcher block, they can do it. They solved our icky island problem and made it beautiful and usable. And they can solve your icky kitchen problem as well. Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Phone number is 502-930-3304, 502-930-3304. Or take a look at their website, LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. And now our conversation with Congressman Thomas Massey. I want to bring on to the program my friend, my favorite congressman. He actually used to be my actual congressman. Uh, so I was his employer at one point. Um, and uh, he's also one of my favorite people in the world. He is a libertarian who has to wear the little R badge. Uh, 
Mr. Mr. Thomas Massey from Kentucky. How are you, Thomas? How are you? Hi. I'm doing great. I still work for you, Leland. <laughs> well, what's funny is you have uh, do you have the most Twitter followers of any House of Representatives member cuz you got like like half a million. Cuz I I opened my Twitter and it blew up and I was like, "Oh, Massey must have tweeted about coming on the show cuz I'm getting the secondhand hate again." <laughs> well, actually I think uh, Lauren Bobert there in Colorado has the beat. But, Does uh, she? Let, let me look that yeah. up. I got it because uh, we've got an invitation into her uh, to hopefully talk to her this week. Let well, me you'll see. Get, you'll get plenty of secondhand hate if she tweets your name as well. Oh yeah, no, no, <laughs> it, yeah, no. I did last time she came on. It was the same thing. I just find that kind. Of, yeah, you're right. She has she has three times as many followers as you. She's got <laughs> 1.4 million. So anyway. Um, I, the reason I invited you on because I wanted to talk about the Supreme Court ruling on guns, and I also wanted to talk about gas prices and inflation because you've been ahead of the curve on all this. But obviously, since uh, I reached out to your people and your people got back to my people, uh, there's been a big story that's popped up in the news since then. I can't remember what it is. Oh, yes, the Roe versus Wade <laughs> decision. Did the, did the Supreme Court make the right decision here? Absolutely. You know, um, I spoke to a group of about 100 high school students last week. They were in D.C. visiting, and I tried to explain the difference between state and federal government. And they were all shocked when I told them that uh, murder is not a federal crime, uh, rape is not a federal crime. These, uh, these, you know, these kinds of laws are all handled at the state level. And that's the way the founders intended. Family law, all of that is at the state level. And so I think the Supreme Court got it right and sent it back to the state to legislate this. You don't want people on the bench deciding these laws. I think what what is so astounding to me, and, and it's kind of the reason I played that soundbite there, uh, I'm not trying to pick on one side or the other in that situation. It's just that so many people don't understand these basic concepts. You know, there's a lot of term, a lot of people throwing around the term democracy and democracy is at stake. And I'm like, what the Supreme Court did was the textbook definition of democracy. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, your uh, colleague in Congress, um, made the statement that, you know, this doesn't belong to nine people. It belongs to the people. And, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they said. They said it doesn't right. belong to us. It's not for us to decide. And I think it was Alito that brought up it's a moral question that's best determined by the people, not by these justices. That's absolutely right. It will be determined by the people, by the people at the state level. And I think it's still important to look at the credentials with respect to pro-life on federal legislators when you elect them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's more important now that you look at their credentials and their viewpoints and their positions at the state level than at the federal level. And I'm wondering, Leland, we've got some squishy uh, big government Republicans who really aren't that fiscally conservative in, at the federal level who run on pro, a pro-life platform. What will they run on now? What will give them cover for right. their big government tendencies now that they, this sort of pro-life issue has largely been taken off the table at the federal level? Right. They're going to have to become real conservatives not just sort of one-dimensional pick one issue conservatives well and i think i as i've been saying throughout the day and, and on my other show on our sister station KL constantly that the 80 percent of americans are between the hash marks on this issue 
And that's the conversation that needs to be had. It, it, it's it, what we're hearing in the debate amongst a lot of politicians is hard right or hard left on this issue. But what the American people are trying to decide is almost no American people think there should never be an abortion. Um, and almost no American people think that there should be an abortion as the baby's head's coming out, right? So everybody is somewhere in the middle, and this requires nuance, and nuance requires truth. And when you have the media out there saying things like, the Supreme Court just banned abortion federally, that's, that, is, that is factually incorrect. And it, it, adds to this, this, it, it adds to this sense of this boiling tension which is leading to, uh, over the weekend, led to quite a bit of violence as well. It's completely incorrect. And, you know, there are other issues that should be left up to the states, like marijuana policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've, I've polled the issue of abortion, of marijuana policy there. And I usually poll with the Republican primary electorate because that's um, who primarily elects me in this congressional district in Kentucky. But um, there are people who don't believe in exceptions, for instance, for rape and incest. They say, why would you punish the, um, the child for the crime of the father? Yeah. And it's a, it's a living person just as anybody else would be. So, and there are a large number of people in that category in Kentucky, and I would include myself in it. But there's, you know, there's some... I think the I think the Democrats own this uh, problem for themselves because when they talk about it in public, they they will not concede. Correct. You know, the ones on the far left, which are most of the ones who get elected, they will never concede, almost never, at least at the federal level, that you can't kill a baby the day before it's born. Right. And right. if the, if you pick one extreme, let's call them by the way, an extremist is. Uh, one definition of an extremist is somebody who's completely consistent. Okay. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's that. If we, ta- if we take the two extremes and you're going to say, okay, the ba- it's either a baby when it's conceived or it's a baby when it breathes air, the one that's harder to, to defend is that it's only a baby as soon as it breathes air because right. obviously the day before it's viable. Right. So when you go looking for that bright line, I think it's at conception. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I I would agree with that personally, um, but I also don't find myself in the camp where I don't think there aren't some exceptions where the mother's life is in danger and others um, that you know I would I would be okay with allowing it. But again, I'm to the far side of that that hash mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't consider myself an extremist. I respect and have friends of people that are on the other side of this, and I understand their point of view. Um, but but I am personally pro life, as you just you know kind of point out. Um, let's shift the game here and talk about some of the other issues that are going on, because this is the real reason I wanted to have you on. Um, let me start with the economy. You've been ahead of the curve on what was coming down the pike in terms of inflation for a long time. And frankly, when you first started talking about this, this made you an extremist, right? You were too consistent on this and everybody thought you were stupid and that this wasn't true and it wasn't going to happen. Um, Based on where we are right now, if you could if you could have the president's ear for a couple of minutes, and I know you were on both sides of Orange Man Bad. You wrote on Air Force One, and you had him try to get you primaried. So you, you, you've been consistent. What would you say to this president about inflation right now? President Joe Biden, you're saying, right? Yes. Well, I was I was just building up your bona fides because you had been both okay. you had you yeah. had managed to be both ang- uh, or have Orange Man Bad mad at you and love you at the same time. So. In, in, in one day, 
And one day, March 27, 2020, when I stood up to everybody in Washington, D.C., when nobody else would, and I said that if you print $2 trillion today, it's, not the, it's going to cause inflation and your policies of shutting down the, uh, the economy and paying people not to work are going to cause shortages. And I was screamed at uh, by the president, President Trump at the time. I was called a dangerous nuisance by Nancy Pelosi. And I don't want to get the show kicked off the air, so I won't tell you what John Kerry called me. But <laughs> I, I, I go. I, I would love for all of them just to once say that I was right, uh, because some of my colleagues in Congress have come around. Some of them who wouldn't stand up on that day. Uh, but if I had President Biden's ear, I, I would say, or the people who are running President Biden. Yeah, let's be clear. Let's be clear, because I'm not sure you get his his ear, and if you got his full attention, what would you get? It, it, but, he's going to get your ear when he's sniffing your hair. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So the genie's out of the bottle. We've printed, like, we've gone over the waterfall. We right. printed $6 trillion. You can't unprint that, okay? Right. So what can you do to ameliorate the, the inflation of the things that everybody has to buy that hurt the middle class the most and the poor. I would say um, his policies, he could change his policies on, on drilling for gas and the, and the, uh, the, the regulations on refineries, et cetera, et cetera. I would tell him burning ethanol is not a solution. He went out to Iowa and announced he's going to encourage more ethanol usage. Burning our food it's not going to lower the price of food. Right. Okay? Right. So I would tell him, get some good policies, because even though inflation is baked in, you can still do some things to, to cut you know, the price of gas, maybe by a buck. Right. Uh, right. The, the other thing on food is I would say, start listening to me. I've, I've been talking about this for seven years. There's too much of a, of a constriction between the farmer and the consumer. We've let the corporations control the regulations at the USDA, and so they've monopolized uh, the um, the processing of the food, the meat, and all of that. We need to lower regulations. Ironically, it will make food safer if you lower regulations and decentralize it and let farmers get it to the consumers without shipping it all around the country or, in some cases, all around the world and commingling it. Just and that would make a big difference. My bill's called the Prime Act, and there are several uh, legislators in Colorado on that. Even Governor Jared Polis was a, a sponsor of the Prime Act, and um, got some legislation passed there in, in Colorado along those lines. So there's some policies in the food and energy realm that would cut, you know, ameliorate the inflation that's caused by the massive printing of money. We're talking to Congressman Thomas Massey. Are, are, is the country savable? Uh, we're going to we have some more pain to come. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and it's up to the voters. Do they want it saved? Look, they put $1,200 cheese in the trap when they passed the first $2 trillion, <laughs> right? right? And right. a lot of people went for that, yes. $1,200 checks. And I was screaming from the rooftops that day, folks. Do the math. Twelve hundred dollars times every family is less than five percent of the money they're spending. People need to wake up, realize when the when the politicians are putting cheese in the trap, you know, and 
and tell them we don't like your cheese because right. it's ruined our country. Yeah, yeah. Well, we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to talk about guns, too. I know you were happy with the Supreme Court's decision to basically end the idea of may-issue states. For those that don't know what that means, there are seven states in America that uh, they have a may-issue stance on concealed carry permits, meaning that the sheriff or the authorities will decide whether or not you deserve one. The rest of the states are shall-issue. Colorado's a shall-issue, meaning if you pass a background check, you get your concealed carry permit. Um that was a good day for gun owners in America, don't you think? It was a great day. It's basically Heller 2.0 squared. Yeah. It's the same. Look, the courts, if they had been following the Heller decision, would have come to the same conclusion that the, you know, the Supreme Court did here this week. They, it's basically a restatement of Heller. It's, look, we mean what we said. And so I look for some states to, to, to try and – find some in runs on this. They'll try to create gun-free zones around every building, every business, for instance. So they'll, just, they'll just create a patchwork of places where you can't. They'll, they'll try it again, but they need to just give up because every time they try, the Supreme Court comes and whacks them a little yeah. more. Uh, real quickly, I know you're limited on time, but a bill did pass the House of Representatives this week, a gun control bill. Yep, yep. One of the most, uh, you know, it's got millions and millions of dollars for red flag laws, which are unconstitutional, violate Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, due process, all that. But one of the little things that's hidden in there that you the listeners may not know about, they redefine gun dealer to be anybody who sells uh, a gun for a profit. It doesn't have to be your livelihood. And this is a backdoor to allow the ATF to prosecute virtually anybody who buys wow. guns as an investment. And by the way, I, every gun I buy, I tell my wife it's an investment. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, whether I'm going to sell it or not is another question. <laughs> I have sold a few, and I've always made money on every gun that I've sold. Right. So, uh, you know, this is this is really dangerous, the way they're playing with the semantics here and opening up people for prosecution. They're basically trying to drive everybody to a gun dealer so that they'll have a record of every transaction. I read that there was a provision in there that redefined gun dealer, but the way it was described in the mainstream media, and I was dubious of this, was that it just would make sure that if you were selling them as a means of, of a living, that you would be need to be classed as an FFL. But what you're saying is that it's much more insidious than that. And if I happen to pick up a firearm for 500 bucks and I sell it to somebody that I know is trustworthy for 550 um, not only, you know, and, 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 and I get them a background check and I do everything right. And I do this transition, you know, do it through an FFL. I'm still potentially in trouble for having done that well, and made a profit on it. Well, if you go through the FFL, you're not going to be in trouble, but okay. that's where they get, grab the record. Right. So, uh, they've made the definition broader. So let's say you buy one, uh, you've got a friend, one of your neighbors says, I, you know, I've got a Browning shotgun, and I'll sell it to you for $200, and in right. the back of your head, you're like, wow, I can flip this thing, and I could sell it for $400 whenever, you know, I'll take it hunting this season, and then someday I'll be able to sell it and make money on this gun. And then, you know, three, four, five years later, you sell the gun uh, to your other neighbor, and you make money on it, boom, you're a gun dealer. Right. Uh, under wow. this definition. They, yeah. if they were, If they were genuinely honest, they would um, go in there and say, put a numerical you know, number yep. on it. Yep. If you buy and sell 10 guns a month, you're a dealer. Yeah. Something. But yeah. they never put a number on it because they want to go after the person who sells only one gun. Yep. 
Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Well, Congressman Massey, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for sticking up for liberty, regardless of who gets mad at you. It's why I respect you so much, because you don't care who gets mad. It's always liberty is more important than anything else. And I appreciate that. Amen. Thanks, Lee. All right, back. I appreciate it. That is Congressman Thomas Massey. All right, big thanks again to uh, Massey for coming on the program. We've got a lot of big guests coming up. Lise Wheel, who used to be on Fox News. She's an author and a legal eagle. Uh, I love her to death. I used to have her on my show regularly. She's got a new book out called The Spy, A Spy in Plain Sight. We're going to have her on. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza is going to come back on the program, so we're looking forward to having that conversation. And a mother in Rhode Island who is uh, – creating quite a stir she was requesting freedom of information requests from the school board and this curious little thing started happening where the school boards were overcharging to the point that parents couldn't afford to actually get those records violating the spirit of that law in every possible way and we're going to talk to her about that so that is all coming up big thanks to our sponsor louisville cabinets and countertops so if you enjoyed this episode it was made possible by my friends at louisville cabinets and countertops tim montgomery and his work crews have a work ethic and a craftsmanship value second to none. That means second to nobody. I've seen them work. I know what their work ethic is. It's why I believe in them. And I also know what the quality of their craftsmanship is. That's also why I believe in them. We had an ugly, unusable island in our kitchen, and they made it usable and beautiful. The work they did, I'm confident, is one of the main reasons why our house sold in less than a day when we put it on the market in Odom County. These guys are fantastic, and they have three designers on staff to help make your dream kitchen come true. George, Kelly, and Michelle are standing by waiting for you to call at 502-930-3304. See some samples of their work at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. And you know we're hearing about supply chain crisis all over the world right now? That's not the case at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They have beautiful cabinets in stock now ready to go. Go to the cabinet section of their website. Click on in-stock cabinets and look at all the amazing, beautiful styles from modern, like sleek, clean lines to beautiful country style and everything in between, shaker and everything in between. So check them out. You can see all of that online and they're ready to go. So if you're a contractor, do it yourself or or you just already know what you want, there's not going to be any delays in your project with Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Check them out again, 502-930-3304 or LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. If you're in Louisville, Oldham County, or Southern Indiana, this is the place to go. Check them out again, LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. And also a big thanks uh, to Dynamics Audio Productions for their help with the audio in this program. Um, thanks to, to you because we've got well over 100,000 downloads now and climbing. It's pretty awesome. We love that. Uh, we're going to be talking to both gubernatorial candidates uh, from Kentucky on the Republican side. Cameron, um, uh, Cameron is going to join us, uh, and we are also going to talk to Ryan. So we'll talk to both of those guys. I mean, there's so far that have uh, have com- uh, jumped into the race, so we'll have them on here. So thanks for downloading and continue to share this with all of your friends, um, and uh, and we appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show, and on Instagram, it's at Greatly Londo. And, of course, it's a free download and a free subscription on iHeartRadio's app uh, on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Thanks for listening to the Disruption Zone. <laughs>